1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Nucor Steel, an IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, buying a new PC, whether desktop or laptop, can be a pain. There are thousands of mix-and-match options to choose from in today's tech world. So today we're going to discuss that age-old question, laptop versus desktops what are some of the advantages and disadvantages which one is better and why do laptops cost a little more than desktops plus we're taking your personal tech questions to join the conversation call 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672-7464 or you can email the show at mpbonline.org we'll be right back this is everyday tech on mpb think radio
0: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MVB Think Radio.
1: This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Woods Catrere, information technology expert at Newport Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And joining us via Skype is Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. So today we're going to discuss laptops versus desktops. Now, I know a lot of people have laptops. A lot of people have desktops. We're not saying which one is better or worse. We're just talking about the differences. Now, if you have any desktop issues or laptop issues or questions, Give us a call. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning. I can say fellas. <laughs> Plural, too.
3: Yeah, we're both around today.
1: Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Hi. Oh, that deep voice. Look at you.
4: <laughs> Hello.
1: I know, I know. Sounds like he's
4: ready to ready to fix some problems, y'all.
1: Okay. And uh Wiltz, welcome back.
3: Yeah, it's actually nice to be back uh in you know, back in this uh zip code for a little while. It's been been a little hectic over on my end of the world, but so... it seems like hopefully it's settling in just a little bit, you know.
1: Really. So tell us a little bit what you've been doing a couple of last weeks.
3: Uh, well, just uh, basically if you can think of anything that can go into a uh a data center server room, we've been pretty much replacing and upgrading and we've got some um some new control programs coming in, some new financial programs coming in. So really just kind of getting out there and putting everything in place and, and just a, uh, just a major tech refresh. It's really been kind of invigorating. Wow. A lot, a lot of, of virtualization. Oh yeah. Yeah. A
1: lot of work for you, but you have a team, correct?
3: Yeah. Okay. It's the same team I look in the mirror at, um,
1: <laughs> me, myself and I, that's your team.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, actually there's uh, two of us. I got, um, you know, my, definitely my right hand back at the mill, uh, Gentleman named Stephen Paul always takes good care of us up there as well. So it's really been me and him doing a lot of running. But you know, within Newcore, we've got quite a few teammates out there that are helping us with different aspects. So yeah, it's a pretty big group of folks going. That's but good. Uh, you know, me, me and Stephen hold it down here in Jackson. All
1: right. So Jeremy, what's been going on in Hattiesburg with you this past week?
3: Uh,
4: you know, the usual, staying busy, fixing phones, uh, solving tech problems all over, the, all across the board. Um, Wiltz was mentioning mentioning something about uh, virtualization, which is something that I've been playing around a little bit. Uh, And what that means is uh, we basically install... Windows on Windows or run it in a console that allows us to run it on a a different operating system. We, We can run it lots of different ways, but what it allows us to do is use another operating system to test things before we actually deploy them out to our larger networks and put them on machines that are actually in production or uh, active in the company. Uh, that way we can be sure that before we roll out those updates that it doesn't cripple the entire company. Wilt, is that about,
3: about accurate? Uh, yeah, actually very, very accurate. I mean, virtualization has really made it a lot safer for us out there for trying things, especially as often as updates come up and and changes happen. And, um, you know, yeah, it just really makes it a lot easier. And, it, and even beyond that, we use a lot of it with... um. With school as well because it's very easy for me to set up different environments for students to be able to play with and learn and you know if you mess up it's a very easy revert back to the way it was
4: very very forgiving process it's very easy to to take a snapshot of it, they call it and and preserve that state and bring it right back to it if there is something that occurs
3: indeed it's great
1: All right. Well, of course, it's time for the hottest tech news and stories of the week. So I'm going to start off right here. I have some two car stories that are amazing. Zoom, 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 zoom
3: zoom going this morning, Jeremy.
1: I want to talk about the first one. Hyperloop transportation technologies. Have you heard of this? uh, Of course, Jeremy, Hyperloop TT. Now, did you know that it is close to being ready? Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yes. So let's tell people what Hyperloop TT is. Actually, it's a capsule that can um, fit passengers and transport passengers at 750 miles per hour. That's kind of scary for me.
3: Yeah, considering an airplane on average is running about five five 550, somewhere right in there. Uh, so a little bit faster than the airplane flying over... Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm not going to be the first one on board that particular capsule. I'll tell you that.
1: Exactly. So it's a full-scale capsule, and they're um transporting it to France, getting it ready for test passengers by 2019. Now, this is an Elon Musk thir- 2013 transportation vision. Of course, right, he came right. up with this. And a lot of people jumped on board and trying to get their capsule to be the first capsule used. But what do you think about that, Jeremy? Would you get in a uh, capsule that's running seven hundred and fifty
3: miles per hour?
4: Absolutely. Oh, cool. of course. What could possibly go wrong? No, um, I, I'm, I'm sure there's. Lots What's of the advice. last thing
3: to go through Jeremy's mind? His feet. <laughs> there you go.
4: Yeah. Um, no, I, it would be really exciting to do something like that. But I'm with y'all. Seven hundred miles an hour—that's that's pretty extreme. So I guess you just kind of strap yourself in and hold on.
3: <laughs> oh, we missed our exit. We'll be back in two weeks.
1: You what know? <laughs> I mean, missed it again? Well, I don't Look, know. Begin Parliament. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work, but they're going to figure it out, and uh, pretty soon, by 2019, get ready, uh, world, because we'll be looking at passenger capsule passengers for pass capsules for passengers. Well, you know that's just wow.
3: it. I mean, it's something like taking techn- with everything with technology. Everyone wants faster, better, faster, 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 and you know. Um, <sighs> I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of. Maybe I'm having to put my tinfoil hat on for this one. That kind of intimidates me a little bit. So, um, although I would be lying to say that I wouldn't have, you know, back in the day, loved to have gotten on the Concorde to actually break the sound barrier and fly. But wow, uh, I don't well, know.
1: We, we have some phone so, callers on the um, phone right now. But before we get to that, I do want to uh, touch base on this other car story. General Motors is teaming up with Honda, um, of course, to announce. The company making the self-driving car, so they're gonna go ahead and put this thing out here. What do y'all think about that?
4: Somebody's Mm. gonna do it eventually, right? Oh yeah, Um, it's gonna happen. Well, they said so uh, many.
1: It's two hundred, well, seven hundred and fifty million dollars in equity.
4: There's a lot of money riding on this because, uh, like, uh, Google's trying to do this. Uber's trying to do this. Everybody's trying to be the first one to be able to pull it off. And once they do that, they've got to be able to convince everybody in legislation that it's safe and it's possible to do it. Uh, that's where the difficulty coming in because these self-driving cars have already hit people. I think some people have even been killed, haven't they?
3: They have. There's Yeah, There's uh, there's been a little bit of that.
1: That's what Kevin and I were talking earlier about. How do you program um Things that you don't know, the unknown. How do you program the unknown? You can put these things in and, okay, when a car comes here. But how do you program a self-driving car to um, move quickly when someone does something crazy, you know?
3: Well, I mean, that's yeah. just it. I mean, I'm going through, you know, my, my son's a recent driver. My daughter's in her driving permit thing right now. Uh, exactly. How can how can I sit there and teach her what I've learned over 30-some-odd years of driving and just a few short months, I mean, you know, I can I can tell her all the right things to do, you know, keep this distance behind someone, use your turn signal, and, and all these other kind of things. Yeah, I can teach her to predict those things in herself, but what I cannot teach her is what other people are going to do. Exactly. So there's, there's just, I think there's always going to be that. I mean, you know, um, one big frustration I know my son has told me that he's really, really had since he's been driving. He's just 17, but... He said, you know, he tries to do the right thing and leave space between him and the car in front of him. He says, but inevitably somebody just go ahead and just jerks right into it. He's like, I'm leaving that so I have some safety zone and then somebody's going to jump in there. So, yeah, you can't. It's really hard to program for that. So um, I'm a a skeptic. So, I mean, honestly, on that particular one, I'm a little bit skeptical. I think that uh, the best the best computer still made to date has been the human mind. And I think it's gonna be very hard to imitate that.
2: Oh,
4: well, you can see they've got a plan for the next 12 years, so they, they expect this to take them a little while to get the bugs worked out. Right. But to answer your question, uh, lots and lots of field testing, lots and lots of research.
1: Yes. Well, you know what? I wish them all the best. Hey, and, amen. Go you know, for it. We'll be living in the Jetson world in just a minute. We are almost. We're there almost. Or <laughs> well, we're gonna go to the ding, phone ding, lines. Ding, and, ding. I know. We need that song coming up. Uh, Java. He says no. <laughs> we're gonna go to <laughs> Mobile and speak with uh, Jesse or Jeffy. I believe it's Jesse. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Good
3: morning.
5: All right, I have a quick question.
6: I have an HP workstation running Windows 10. I've got an older version of iTunes for phones. Is it possible to somehow add a second version of iTunes, or do I need to do something with a virtual or a second login to accomplish that?
4: I'm going to go ahead and say that you'd be better off doing something virtual than trying to uh, create different folders for iTunes because even though it's going to create different folders, it's still going to use the same services in Windows, and I have a feeling those would try to overlap or interfere with one another.
3: Yeah, by firing up a virtual environment, you can actually segment them because there's going to be, you know, we're unfortunately we're long gone from. Um, from the days, you know, back when you actually could kind of segment your programs out, everything kind of deals in those shared files now, and just the way it kind of integrates in there is just way too hard to split them up. So, but something you know, kind of uh, Oracle makes one called VirtualBox. I want to say the website is virtualbox.org. Uh, that is absolutely free for setting up a. Um, a virtual environment on your computer and we use that one a lot in in class because I figure my students, you know, free, everyone can generally afford free and it's uh, very simple to use. Okay, thanks. Yes, sir.
1: All right, thank you, Jesse. All right, well, when when we return, we're going to continue talking about laptops versus desktops. Now go ahead and get your questions ready. If you're thinking about purchasing a laptop and don't know what type to get or are confused about, um, shit, you Or should you just keep your desktop? We're going to discuss all that and more. The number to call is 1-877-672-7464. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. Now our experts are standing by ready to help. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.
0: business requires smart decisions every day make a good decision for your company today and reach mpb listeners through mpb program underwriting for more information go to mpbonline.org underwriting
2: get your mpb car tag anytime it doesn't even have to be up for renewal simply go to your county office to sign up when you get an mpb car tag a portion of the fee helps mpb continue to educate inform and entertain mississippians for details, visit mpbonline.org/cartag. We'll see you on the road.
0: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture and joined via Skype, Jeremy Thompson. And today our discussion is laptops
3: versus desktops. Oh my God! How many times do I hear that question?
1: Oh my 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 my! Now, if you'd like to join our conversation today, the number the number to call is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always email us at everydaytech at mpbonline. dot Thank you, Java, for that. George Jetson um, music. Guys, do you remember when you were young? And I used to watch. I loved the Jets, by the oh, way. Oh, gosh, yeah. But I used to think that was so far away, and that was just like, oh, my gosh, space age. And we're living that
3: right now. We're almost there. We don't have the hover cars. And, uh, we don't have you know. them? Well, we can't I do be- not have a
1: conveyor
4: belt in my house.
3: <laughs> yeah, it I mean. Me i around. You can, no, if I can, you give can me put a-
1: one in, Jeremy. You can put one in next week. You know we, can, that, we can do this, that Jeremy. the I, that that brings
4: up a really good question for me it's completely off topic but everybody had cars that drove them around and they were on conveyor belts and stuff they barely walked they were really skinny they must have had something in the in the medicine nutrition area were, figured out
3: were. well remember how they made their dinners they just pushed the button and the dinner would kind of come out <laughs> so obviously it was calorie controlled and the right fat content right. and everything else and and i think i did see that you know like uh wasn't in, what in George at some point using the uh, the conveyor belts almost like a... Like a treadmill. Like a treadmill. He did, he yeah, did. So, uh, yeah they
4: did have a treadmill.
1: But you know who was chunky a little bit? I'll say chunky or fluffy. Um, the his, boss. His boss. Because <laughs> yeah. he sat down all day behind his desk. I yeah. do want to mention one more movie that I love. Um, of course, um, Back to the Future. One of mm-hmm. my favorite when they oh, went... Oh, yeah. To, part two. Uh, oh, yeah. Part two. When they went to the future and they hydrated the uh, pizza. They put the little, little, hmm. tiny pizza in there, and they yeah. put it in the hydrator. It wasn't called a microwave anymore. It was called a dehydrator. And you had Pizza Hut. I know, right? And it was Pizza Hut, wasn't it? And so from
3: now on, you can probably, you know, it, it, so maybe at some point we can actually just, you know, mail order. Amazon will be sending us <laughs> freeze dried pizzas. Seriously. we we'll drip some water onto it, and boom. Boom.
1: I, that's so, that's coming close. I, I feel it.
3: But of course, the question is: I mean, what are y'all? Are y'all are y'all pro or anti pineapple pizza? This is a, you know <laughs> it's an important thing at this point. I'm a pineapple pizza kind of guy. Oh,
1: anti. I'm pro oh, pineapple.
3: You're pro pineapple. Pro pine- oh yeah. I knew I liked Jeremy okay. as the man. Okay. Okay. So two pineapples.
1: So, mm-hmm.
4: Since we're talking future and pizza and stuff,
3: uh, <laughs> totally off subject. Right. This, Michelle's like freaking out. No, not.
4: <laughs> this is news from January. But, uh. Toyota and Pizza Hut are working on a pizza delivery truck, and it has no driver. What? Yeah, have that by twenty twenty.
1: That's going to be interesting. I mean, that goes back to what we just talked about—the uh, self- self-driving cars. Self-driving yeah. cars.
4: Except-
3: that, that was on an episode of Black Mirror. Where um they had the the pizza like you just called you called in your pizza and it will pull up to your street and you just go downstairs, type in the code and you pull your pizza out of the slot, and it's piping hot, no driver, no tip, and uh you know it, it was black mirror, so the Ooh. robots came after <laughs> well you know at some point the robots are going to want to start taking tips. Hey, you got some w d forty come on. Come on in here with some 3-in-1 oil. some
1: oil to me. <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. Well, we have a caller on the phone from Meridian, um, Dennis. Good morning, Dennis.
6: Yes, good morning. Good morning, Dennis. Um, what Calling for our church, what is the advantage of a cloud-based service versus um, whatever it is they're providing for us now? Because they're telling us they're going to go to the cloud. And so am I, am I making good enough so yeah. you can try to respond to that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think um, we're seeing more and more people are moving toward exactly what you're saying there, cloud-based services. And, and what's happening with a lot of these providers, uh, we see it even with Office where they're doing like the Office 365 and some of these things. Um and even years ago, you know, things such as Gmail and Hotmail and Yahoo and all the rest of these people, those were actually cloud-based services. So what they're saying is by by moving features and functions and programs into the cloud, they're almost kind of turning their their program into more of an a la carte type of delivery. So in other words, if you're paying for it, you only pay for what you need But they're able to, instead of having to manage, let's just say, you know, 10, 100, 1,000 different installations out there, and if it's on your hardware, you know, there's so many variables that come into that, uh, you know, what you're running and everything. By bringing it back into their area, they can kind of control that versioning control and kind of, you know, dish it out. Again, it's very much like an a la carte type of technology, Uh, generally very, very well received. A lot of the programs I've seen going that direction have actually done pretty well. Uh, Jeremy, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, so if he wants to know the benefits of the cloud versus having a standalone installation, um, I would say that your cloud-based service, uh, the, the, the the pro of it would be that you're going to get uh, regular updates. Um, the program will be updated, and um, most likely you won't even know that it will if it's completely cloud-based. Uh, now, it may be that they have a desktop application that you're going to run that – uh, phones into the cloud for updates and uh, whatnot. There's a couple of different ways that they can do that. So I'm assuming that they're they're trying to pull you into a monthly fee um, versus you just owning the software outright. How how long have you owned the software? Uh, how long have you been using this particular?
6: Yeah, I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I'm sorry.
4: Okay. All right. Well, that's no problem.
6: Really, the, the,
4: the main question you have to ask yourself is, do, does your church want to pay monthly for this program, or were they getting along okay with the version that they have now that you just own outright and you don't pay monthly for it? Um, one other thing about cloud-based services is they are typically Internet connection Based so, if you do not have an internet connection, uh, some of some of the programs do have some sort of offline mode that they'll run in, but they may be hindered because they do not have full online access.
6: Okay, well, you've been very helpful, and I thank you very much.
1: All right, thank you. Thank you, Dennis, for calling in. Hopefully, we helped you figure out what you want to do with the cloud. I know it's kind of unknown. yeah, you know, I mean, you don't it's know.
3: Um, you know that. The cloud is really more of a buzzword that on the IT side of things and the technology side of things, we've actually been using that for 30, 40 some odd years. We've just finally given it a A name. name. Um, But, you know, he's absolutely right. A lot of things are moving there. But you do need to, like Jeremy was saying, kind of weigh – and this kind of goes right into when we start talking about laptops versus desktops, Mm -hmm. weigh what is it – what is your end goal? There's Mm -hmm. not a – you know – just like with so many things with technology, there's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not a sports cap. You know, it's not a hat. It's not a shirt. I mean, what this do is, you want? What what, what do, do you, do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um,
1: or what do you need? What are you using it for? And that's what we're gonna get into in just right. a minute. But let's first start off. Maybe someone's listening and they really don't know what's the biggest difference. Between laptops and desktops. Now, you guys can take either or. Jeremy, you can take laptops, and Wilt you can take desktops, or vice versa.
3: Well, basically, really, it comes down to portability. One's portable, one's not, or not as easily portable. Um, you kind of pointed it out in the beginning of all of this, Sometimes one can be more expensive than the other. We're really seeing a lot of blurring the lines in there. So we, you know, it used to be laptop and desktop, and now we see tablets and all-in-ones and things like that. But, uh, I mean, it really still, in my mind, still comes down to is it portable or is it not? Jeremy?
4: Um, so <clears throat> other differences that you may see between the two, uh, a desktop is going to have a uh, a more powerful, more capable processor than a laptop simply because uh, you uh, have a, a larger, more uh, efficient power supply uh, that you can uh, put inside of a desktop computer. Um, with laptops, um, especially on the repair side of things, they are uh, much more difficult to repair uh, simply because they are they are so compact. Uh, they are difficult to get into, um, and also some of them are not even serviceable anymore.
3: Yeah, and that's, uh, well, you know, case in point, uh, a few months ago, I believe, I sent down a Microsoft Surface that we actually had that Jeremy took care of for us because it was, you know, I mean, I'm very comfortable going inside of a computer, but as far as for going into some of your newer, the uh, the thinner tablet styles and some of these other kind of things, I'm not really comfortable opening those up. So, you know, Jeremy was able to help us out and get that, cause we had a cracked screen. Um, yeah, the serviceability and, and. Something to think about is with more difficult service, usually comes, you know, more, you know, that cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does, it, it comes right back to that, that, the basic question of what is your ultimate goal? For me, I'm a laptop user. I haven't actually used a desktop. Uh, actually, me and Steven at work were talking about this earlier uh, before I came in today. I haven't actually used a desktop computer in probably close to 20 years. I, exclu- I exclusively use docked laptops. I do not use a desktop computer. But in contrast, my wife only uses a desktop computer. She is not really interested in the portability of it. It's set up in the office, and she has everything that she needs set up right there. And when she needs it, she goes in there to that. And when she doesn't, she's away from it. For me, well, like we mentioned before, I've been traveling a lot, so the laptop really comes in handy. But, no, I mean, it's it's been... It's been at least since two thousand, if not a little bit before that, that I've not even touched a desktop.
1: Well, today we're discussing laptops versus desktops. Give us a call. Let us know which which you prefer. If you prefer a laptop, or if you're like Wilson haven't used a desktop in over. Almost, Almost twenty, 20 years. years. Let us know. If you're having any issues with your desktop or your laptop, give us a call. The number to call is 1877 MPB ring. That's 1877-672-7464. Got a question. Now, um, why are laptops more expensive? Considerably more expensive than desktops.
3: Well they can be. L- yeah, you can get you can get an inexpensive laptop, but something I think uh Jeremy, I believe you've brought this up on the show multiple times before. Yeah. Sometimes you do need to remember is that you don't always, get, you know,
1: get what you pay for, right? Yeah,
3: basically, you get what you pay for. You don't always get uh, pay for what you get. Uh, I can't remember my own <laughs> dang saying, but anyway, if you go out there and you get a two or three hundred dollar laptop, you got to remember that's exactly what it is. It's a two or three hundred dollar laptop, and it's going to be very limited. And I think you've probably seen some of those come into your shop. I bet.
4: So. um I definitely see a lot of those two and $300 laptops, especially because a lot of people get hit on Black Friday. Oh, it's a cheap laptop. I've yep. got money in my pocket. Let me buy it. No, probably not. Uh, most likely not. Um, I, I, I even had a client who um, he bought one, and uh, he works a lot, so he didn't even get to take it out of the box until like a month later after it was too far past the return policy. And it had a corrupted operating <laughs> system on it. I had to reinstall Windows oh, on my. it for it. So, you know, especially I guess if you do take advantage of one of those deals, make sure that you pull out your stuff and you test it out in a, in a, in a reasonable time frame. Usually with Best Buy and Walmart and stuff like that, I think it's 14 days to return a, a laptop or a desktop. So you want to make sure that you're really putting it through a, a good test and uh, uh, making sure that the hardware is going to perform the way that you want it to, whether you go either way.
3: Yeah, you know, and that's a good point, Jeremy. Even if it's a gift for someone, we are coming up on a holiday season and everything else. Uh, I would definitely recommend to folks, hey, go ahead, open on up. I know some stores may give you a little bit of leeway if it's a gift kind of thing, but you're absolutely right. I mean, come on, like, at the end of the day, these things come down an assembly line. Stuff can happen, even even with the most reputable dealers. I mean, your most reputable cars out there every now and then are going to have a have a hiccup. So you know test it out run it run it through make sure it actually works cuz i've seen that exact same thing too straight out of the box you know, broke the seal and there was a problem.
1: Wow. Well, it's time for another quick break. But when we return, we'll um, continue taking your calls about laptops and desktops, or your personal tech questions. If you have any tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. org. Let us know if you're tired of that bulky computer and want to move to a laptop. We'll talk to you. About about some laptops that may work for you. Again, the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell, and the Mississippi Health Care Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting to find out how.
2: Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org cartag. We'll see you on the road.
0: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson via Skype. Now, if you're just joining the program today, our topic is laptops versus desktops. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll get to our two callers in just a second. But first, it's time for a moment in tech history. On a- Yes, yes. Oh. On October 3rd, 1950, AT&T Bell Laboratory researchers, John Bardeen, Walter Bretain and William Shockley, I hope I say their names right, received a U.S. patent for their invention of the transistor, which they successfully dis- demonstrated two years earlier. Now, the transistor completely revolutionized the development of electronic and computerized technology.
3: I mean, in all honesty, yeah, I don't. we would not be even close to where we are without what the transistor did for everything. You know, even going back, just a little transistor radios, we may remember those. But um, believe it or not, I mean, even though I'm not that old, uh, I do actually remember items still having tubes inside of them and, and things like that. No, the transistor is just absolutely revolutionary for wow. us.
1: Well, let's go to Brandon and speak with our friend, Alan. I think I missed him last week. Good morning, Alan.
3: Hey, Michelle,
1: Wilkes, and Jeremy.
6: Hey, y'all, Alan. A, I, y'all were talking about computer problems last week, and I actually had my own computer problem. I, and my, I think we got struck by lightning, so my brother had to help me. Uh, my screen went out on my computer, and we had to figure out where the problem was but we got it solved but I had to miss your program so oh. sorry about that
1: oh no don't apologize but I do love when you call
3: in well I figured the reason I was figuring the reason he missed because I wasn't actually able to be yeah, here yeah I noticed you know Alan I mean? you
1: don't call oh, okay. when Wilts is not here right. yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah the, the, none of the,
4: the rest of us matter
1: right no just, Wait, right. I mean I'm, I'm
3: from Brandon I mean you know it's like we neighbors and stuff
1: <laughs> I listen to
6: the podcast though so. very good, okay. very good. Okay. but I was going to comment about uh, desktops versus laptops and stuff so I uh, uh, I, I, unlike Will, I'm, I'm a big fan of desktops because I, i'm home most of the time so it's just you, you just get more for your money i think with a desktop and and i would urge people don't rule out getting refurbished computers and stuff you can sometimes pick up a real a very great bargain and stuff if, if you want them to still come with with accessories and stuff like with lots of USB ports and maybe a cd dvd still uh yeah, don't don't rule out refurbishing. I I think I got like a, I got like a, a refurbished computer at one time a couple of years ago for, it was between two and three hundred dollars. I mean, it, it had everything in it, and it was it was great. So,
3: well, I had uh, to definitely agree with you there, Alan. I think that uh, I think people definitely are missing out if you're not looking at the refurbished items because there there are some amazing bargains. Amazing.
6: There, there, there really are, and I gotta tell you. Uh, the, the manufacturers when you're buying stuff new nowadays uh, they they're just cutting everything they, they don't want to put in they're, they're so they're so focused on their bottom line they're trying to save pennies every which way they can and usually the way they save pennies is you're getting screwed cuz the, the stuff is it's not there anymore i mean it, it's hard to find stuff that's got any any features in it anymore but hey mm. my opinion
1: so <laughs> Well, we love your opinion, Alan. Thank yeah. you for calling in. Yeah, um, yeah,
6: I enjoy the program. Thank y'all so much. All right.
1: Thank you. All right. Totally.
6: I'm, I'm
4: completely on board with him with the uh, with the refurbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to add that um, if you find a refurb, uh, a decent refurb at a decent price, make sure you get a good warranty with it. You want at least one year, just like if you bought it from the store. Yep. And also, if you can get it with an SSD, that's Sierra, Sierra, Delta. That is a solid-state drive, and that has that has changed the game for everybody. Slow computers don't really exist on machines that have SSDs in them. So either you can buy a refurb and put an SSD in them because the prices on SSDs have gone way down, or you can buy a refurb with an SSD already in it. If you do, it will be... Super responsive, it should be a very, very good computer for you.
3: Yeah, even, even, um, I mean, that's one thing we've been doing up at the office a pretty good bit is because for, for so many people out there, when you start asking that question of laptop versus desktop and everything else, um, you know, the kind of jokingly, the way that I generally put it, so many users really, these are glorified typewriters. We're, we're not asking, we in general are not asking a lot out of our computers. Now, if you're a, a computer gamer, if you do some heavy video or uh, audio editing, you do. There are certain things you can do that are very resource intensive, but most of most of the people that I encounter, most people I even work with, they're not really, they're not even using, utilizing the hardware they actually have available. You'd be surprised at how much power is even in some of these inexpensive computers. And so, what we've been doing a lot up up at work is whenever they we start seeing them getting a little old, getting a little aged, getting a little slow. Um, and Steve started doing this up there, you know, we'll pop an SSD drive in. At, at just like what Jeremy's mentioning, you can pick one up for 50 bucks or less nowadays. Uh, maybe even, you know, spend 25 30 bucks 30 on some memory, and all of a sudden it's like you have a brand spanking new computer without having to go through the whole process. So it's it really is amazing what you can do to squeeze a little bit more life out of it, and uh, you probably really be surprised at the results
1: wow all right we're gonna move on um to starkville mississippi and speak with the michael good morning michael thanks for calling in hey, hey good morning folks
5: um uh, the, the trend is to go went from uh, desktops to laptops and now uh to uh, mobile phones <coughs> excuse me yeah uh, so how, how practical is it for the average user to say take a samsung uh phone with a deck station and a uh a monitor, and use cloud services. Is that, I use a laptop for work. They're uh, 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 rugged uh, panties or uh, Dell's, and uh, I haven't used a desktop for, for years either. Uh, I don't need that processing power. I'm not doing big tips anymore. You know? uh, so what, what, what are your guys' opinion for a consumer using uh, DeX as a so primary? Uh, uh,
4: I, have, um, I, I have a Note 9. And uh, I, I got a, uh, a USB-C to HDMI connector so I could hook it up to my, uh, to my monitor so I could use DeX. Uh, and what DeX is, for, uh, for the listeners that don't know, it is Samsung's platform. It's basically a bridge for them to give you a desktop computing experience without having a desktop computer. And you use it by hooking up an adapter to your monitor. And you can, you can use the uh, screen of the phone as a keyboard and mouse or you can use a Bluetooth device for those purposes. Um, I have not gotten to test DeX extensively, but I was very impressed with what I was able to play with. Um, It's it's quite neat what all you're able to see. I mean, you see when you have phone calls coming in and text messages, it's pretty incredible the way they've kind of bridged the desktop mobile user experience. I would say that it's probably not quite ready for everybody's everyday use. There's there's definitely still going to be some bugs and kinks they need to work out of it. But I would say that if you haven't used a a, a computer in in that long, I would say you would definitely be able to get away with
5: using Dex. Is is uh, Dex compatible with uh, say cloud services, VMware, or or uh, Amazon using uh, or Office 365?
4: You know, that question I, I would have to research a little bit more. Um, if you wouldn't mind sending us an email, I totally wouldn't mind listening into that for you. It's uh, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Um, I think the answer is no, but it is more dependent on Google and Android and Samsung and those vendors working together for that. Because DEX is Samsung's own little special platform. I'm going to say they probably don't have guaranteed compatibility for those things yet. Okay.
5: All right. That was my question, and thank you. And uh, um, uh, I just took your email down on my Note (laughs) Nine.
1: Thank you. Thank Uh, you, Michael. Ah, the Note (laughs) Nine. Jeremy's drooling now. I bet. (laughs) Cool phone. (laughs) It's very cool. All right, Michael. Thank you. Next, we're going to move to uh, Port Gibson and speak to our good friend Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hello. Yes, good morning. Yes, good morning. You have a good comment evening. or a question? Yes, I have a comment. Okay. Did we lose you, Linda? Are you still here? Okay, maybe Linda can give us a call right back. We'll uh, get her in just a minute. But let's talk about uh, the Parts of a laptop and the parts of a desktop. A lot of people, um, like Wilt says, he hasn't used a desktop in over tw- almost twenty years. And some people don't like all of the parts that come with the desktop. So let's talk let's start with a desktop. What are the parts that come with a desktop?
3: Well I mean the, the general parts of them both are the same. They're gonna have memory, processor, motherboard, um, you know, hard drives to store all of your information, memory is helping it to process. Uh, may or may not have, you know, CD-ROMs. You're not going to see any of the old floppy drives out there anymore. But in general, the parts are going to be the same. Where the difference comes in is on that laptop, they're also going to build in the monitor. They're going to have a built-in battery that's going to allow it to run without being plugged into the wall. And in general, things are just much more squished together. So, uh, you know, kind of going back, piggybacking off of what Jeremy was saying before, uh, laptops are going to generally create a lot more heat because it's in a much smaller space and you can't have nearly as big of a fan as what a desktop can. But the parts in and of themselves are essentially the same. So when we're dealing with them from the the maintaining them, you know that aspect's the same, but I think that the repairing can be definitely different. It's a lot easier to repair a desktop computer. It's a lot easier to upgrade sometimes a desktop computer, um, and especially in this day and age of the really thin Laptops. That's becoming even more so. I know Jeremy's seen probably quite a bit of that.
4: Well, that's the reason I I like desktops. Uh, I mean, I have a laptop and I use it a lot, but my desktop it's all reliable for me. You know, if if something on it does fail me, I can pull that individual component out and I can replace it, and I'm not down near as long as if I had a laptop where it's one board and just a few replaceable components. So either it's the board or it's those few components, and if it's the board, it could take weeks. If it can be fixed. Um, So I'm definitely more on the side of desktops. Also, like about the thermal issues that you encounter, you have to smash so, so much heat generating component, so many heat generating components into a very small shell in a desktop. You can plan how you want your airflow to be. You can reorient fans to do different things. You can air cool. You can water cool. You Mm. can add more fans. Um, there's there's lots of different ways that desktops can go. So I, when it comes to repairing them, I definitely like desktops more.
1: All right. Well, when we get back from break, tell us which you prefer, a laptop or a desktop, and tell us why. Plus, we'll talk about some types of laptops and desktops that are available out there for you. But first, do you know who created the first laptop computer? We'll tell you when we return. If you'd like to be a part of this conversation, give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show to Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. We have two callers on hold. We'll get to those when we get back. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: Whether traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in Attention traffic in all educators. Or MPB has partnered with... ...Galaxy or Ocean Springs. MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MVB Think Radio.
1: Thanks for listening. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here with Jeremy Thompson via Skype and Wilt Catrere, our tech experts. Well, today we're discussing the H.O. question, desktops versus laptops. There's still time to reach us at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show to Everyday Tech at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Now, before we get to our two calls, um, before the break, I asked, do you know who created the first laptop computer? Ding, 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 ding.
3: Well, I can read it right here. Oh, yeah, and you can. Yeah, I actually kind of I, semi I I remember. You guys right can't
1: answer. That. Okay. The answer is Adam Osborne in 1981.
3: No relation to Ozzy.
1: <laughs> it was called Osborne 1. <laughs> And get this, the cost was one thousand seven hundred and ninety five dollars, but it came bundled with fifteen hundred dollars worth of programs. It had a tiny computer screen built into it in january on January sixteenth two thousand and five
3: and in today's numbers, that would be seventeen point eight billion gazillion dollars more than likely
1: so do computers come with um bundled programs now Yeah.
3: They, Much to my uh, dislike, yes. There's so much garbage. I call it, uh, you know, spamware, basically. There's just so much stuff that some computers have. All these trial versions of this and trial versions of that. And they're just trying to get you to buy stuff. True. That's one of my pet peeves. I'm like, no, just give me the operating system. There's so much already built in the operating system now. It's not like you have to add on an internet browser unless you want a different one. It's not like you have to add on a media player unless you need different things. Now, that being said, I usually add those things on, but I want that to be my option. And uh, yeah, they're still bundling a lot. Mm. You're going to end up having to pay a little bit extra if you want office and you're going to pay a little bit extra if you want Photoshop. I have
1: to have office. Uh, We're going to get to uh, our two callers. Let's go to Jackson first and speak with Marsha. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. Uh, If you hear hollering in the background, I've just brought my cat back from the vet. She's still objecting. So (laughs) Um, anyway, I have a laptop, a Windows 10 laptop, and
5: uh, I bought a big screen to, because I'm I'm an old lady and my vision's not as good as it used to, so I bought a big monitor for it and plugged that in,
1: and I have a wireless keyboard with it. Now, Mm -hmm. two questions. One is that whenever I close the laptop the screen, the screen goes off why is that and the second question is is the keypad you know the number pad to the right of my key on the right side of my keyboard doesn't work is there a setting i have to put on in my computer or
5: something for that to work two questions
4: yes ma'am uh your first one when you're closing your laptop screen your uh your laptop is in uh power saving mode so um okay. if you look down by your clock there should be a little right. bitty uh, – there should be a battery icon. You can click on that, and you can put it in high-performance mode, and, oh. uh, or you can go into your power settings, and you can tell it that when you uh, close your screen that you want it to do nothing.
3: Yeah, okay. that's one of those settings right. I always set because that aggravates me when it goes to sleep doing that. Same.
4: Yep. And then okay. also uh, regarding right. your keypad, um, if you look over on the right side of your keyboard, there's a button that says Num Lock. You need to make sure you press that button. Otherwise, those keys will not work. NumLock,
5: okay. All right, I wasn't aware of that. I've been using Windows for 100 years and
3: not aware of any of that stuff. No problem. Yeah, at one point NumLock would be on automatically with some, and now it just seems like it's off automatically sometimes. It must have been an update Microsoft decided we needed that we weren't aware of.
4: So uh, when you go down there by your clock, make sure that you when you see the little battery icon, you can left click on it and it'll give you some options to select if you right click on it, you can go into the properties and you can find that option where when you turn your uh, when you close your screen that it doesn't turn your computer off
1: Yeah, okay all right good thank you appreciate it you're welcome Thank you Marsha. All right we're going to move back to Linda in Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. once again.
5: Yes, I'm in the I'm in the process of, of trying to buy a new computer and uh I want to know what's the difference between the a desktop and a slim line uh uh type
4: okay. desktop. So your Slimline desktop is going to be a little bit smaller. It's going to have a power supply that's a little bit more proprietary, uh, which means that if uh, the power supply in it were to die, it might take a little while longer to get it fixed because you have to special order those supplies. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same thing. It's going to be a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter. Uh, You won't be able to have near as much expansion inside of it, but if that's not a concern for you, then a Slimline PC would probably be what you'd need.
5: Okay, what about... uh... Are the desktops
4: sort of fading away? Uh, I wouldn't say they're fading away. I would say that uh, people want less clutter, um, so they like the uh, the all-in-one experience. Uh, they Actually, when we're comparing them to a slimline, no, because the slimline is still a desktop.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank Thank you, you. Linda. Hopefully uh, you can give us a call back and let us know which one you decide to um, purchase. I like that slim line. Um, I never thought about that. I might. Yeah, just, you know, it's like with so many other
3: trends. It's just getting a little bit smaller and Mm -hmm. smaller, taking up less space.
1: Well, think about this. Speaking of that, let's talk about what are some things you need to consider if you're purchasing a desktop or a laptop. Let's go over the four things that people need to consider. One, Jeremy, is what?
4: Portability. Do you need to take it with you? If you do, you need a laptop.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's just that that right there pretty much squashes the rest of the questions. If you need portability, a laptop is going to pretty much be your only option. Okay. Um, You know, things like how often do you need to carry it around? I mean, you know, know, Jeremy likes a desktop, but you're not going to exactly be able to walk into Starbucks or carry them on the plane with you. It's not going to be that convenient, although Jeremy could probably pull it off.
4: Some people have done it. There's a picture of a guy where he brought a desktop into Starbucks. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, I, like I said, I have both. And, um, one thing you want to be careful with nowadays is that you're looking at the laptop. Be sure to look at pictures of it. Be sure to look all around it. They are removing more and more ports because people are emulating what Apple is doing. So make sure that it's got what you need. If you need to hook it up to a TV, you need an HDMI port on the side of it. If, uh, you see that there's a little bitty oval shaped connector, that's a USB-C connector. In that case, you'll need an adapter to an HDMI. Um, there's a lot that's changing, but um, as they get smaller, they are getting better and faster depending on the price of it. If you find one that's small and it's uh, about three, $200, two, $300, bucks, chances are it doesn't have very much storage in it, and you're going to be pretty upset that you bought it uh, a few months down the road.
3: Yeah, another thing to consider also, and I tell a lot of people this, I tell a lot of folks don't go out and purchase many computers almost sight unseen. I mean, I'm all for online shopping, and I love it. But if for nothing else, go to some of your big box stores and actually put your hands on one because especially when it comes to your portables, um, the keyboard feel, the size of the screen, you know, things are getting smaller, things are getting larger. You want to actually go see what it looks like. I know some people who really, really love the Microsoft Surface. It's great for portability, but I will t- and, I, and I love it, but it is a very small screen. Um, and some people, especially if you do a lot with that number key, that number pad that was being mentioned before, depending on the different laptops or depending on the keyboard with the computer, it may or may not actually have that number pad on there. So, you know, you want to look at those kind of things.
4: Also, there are some things that are just not practical. You may want a, a touch screen on your 17-inch laptop, but you're not going to use it near as much as you think you are. It's going to be more inconvenient for you because your screen is huge. Now, when it comes to 13-inchers, it's a lot easier.
1: Okay. Well, we wanted to thank you guys for joining us today and thank our board operator, Java Chapman, and our phone screener, Kevin Farrell. Now, if you missed any part of our show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. For what's Katrina I'm Jeremy Thompson. I'm Michelle McAdoo. Get ready uh, for Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy. He's ready to answer all of your medical questions. And join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech at 10 a.m. only on MPB Think Radio.